0: Hello and welcome to the Journey Further podcast, a show where we learn from the people and businesses who are on a mission to do things differently. Today's episode is a special for Mental Health Awareness Week, and our guest is James Routledge of Sanctus. James's journey working in mental health started when he published a blog post documenting his own mental health struggles running startups. Now at Sanctus, his team's vision is to put a mental health gym on the high street, the idea that you can work on your mental health just like you look after your physical health. Sanctus Coaches are helping brands like Bulb, Just Eat and Red Bull take a pioneering approach to employee well-being. If you enjoy the show, please do hit subscribe and leave a review in your podcast app. Enjoy. James, thank you so much for finding the time to do this uh, podcast. Thanks for having me on. Obviously, we're recording this remotely, day forty-five of lockdown in the UK. So uh, hopefully, everything goes goes smoothly. I'd just like to kick things off by asking you the question we start all our discussions with, which is, what's the wrong you want to write? I'd say the wrong that I'd like to write
1: is centered around mental health and our perception and perspective of mental health. Currently, mental health is something that when we say it as a phrase our response or reaction to it might be one of fear um, embarrassment shame oh no i don't want to talk about that or it's not okay to talk about that publicly or i don't want to i don't feel comfortable so um i would like to write that as a as a wrong and um and for the opposite to be true where talking about mental health can be something that's one completely normal, and then and then maybe even fun and exciting and um, enjoyable as as a as a topic of conversation. That's where I'd love the world to be. So I'd love to really sort of transform the current perception we've got that mental health is something that's dark, scary, shameful, um, and I'd love to to normalize mental health in general and it for it to be more of a um, part of our life that's ingrained into everyday life, really, um, so that we see men- that mental health isn't just um, the negative part of mental health. That's obviously one side of it, but also there's a real sort of positive aspect to our mental health and um, yeah, how it can serve us um, for good and, and help us uh, to, to build a better world in a way.
0: Amazing. I mean, that would be a great place to, to get to. I guess just to Kick off then, a sort of what's your reflection on the sort of current level of awareness and the type of discourse around mental health? There's obviously a lot more media coverage touching on these things now, but how do you interpret that? What stage is that at? Is it helpful or are there potential downsides to the way that mental health is currently discussed?
1: say even pre-lockdown
0: you know that our awareness
1: of mental health in the last four or five years has dramatically increased ever since sort of you know the royals the heads together campaigns i started sanctus four years ago and i felt like i was on a sort of a bit of a crusade and there weren't many other people on that on that mental health uh, crusade a lot, along with me and as i've as i've been i suppose in the industry for a while i've seen the number of people open up and share stories just just increased tenfold really, or even more. Um, You can see things like that even in like the search terms of the number of people searching for the words, anxiety, depression, mental health, stuff like that. Uh, In the workplace, um, employers' approach to mental health have again dramatically increased and it's getting to the point now where in the workplace, most businesses have some sort of strategy or approach to mental health. If they don't, they're probably in the camp of, well, um, you should. Yeah. So so even pre-lockdown, we were on a real, we were on a real upward trend in terms of our awareness of mental health. And then if anything, I think lockdown and coronavirus is just it's just it's created even more of an inflection point. What we're seeing is obviously a load of people spending more time with themselves, uh, not being able to potentially go out and uh, take part in other activities that they might people might often use to avoid, um, feeling things, or being alone with themselves, or having to be alone with their thoughts. So, again, I think this lockdown period has just heightened people's um, senses, essentially, and, and being in touch with how they're feeling. So, I think in general, we're just on this like dramatic and pretty sort of stupendous transition in in our awareness and our consciousness of our mental health and just just our feelings our felt senses of feeling sad angry depressed happy grateful all of the different range of human emotions i think we're on this um we're on this path to be more in touch with those definitely and uh, i think i think what's happened in the last couple of weeks is only is only exacerbated that really and, and sped it up if anything
0: and i guess it's amazing to have seen that rise in awareness and as you say probably accelerated by the current situation what's your vision in terms of where we'll get to in terms of i guess an understanding is that the kind of next level of 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 mental health um awareness almost where people can actually have a greater understanding of what it means as beyond the awareness of the
1: yeah I think the, the, initial, you know, the, initial, uh, the initial sort of bandwagon I've been on for the last few years is we've all got mental health. Just as simple as that, if anything. Look, we've all got it. You know, We all have mental health, which, which now I must admit, must admit is getting to the point where it's kind of like, okay, yeah, we, we know that. I know I've got mental health. I know I've got feelings. I know things that happen in my life impact my mood. So now I think we're moving into this next phase, which is like, okay, what do I do about it? I'm feeling down. I've been feeling down for weeks on end. I feel stuck. Something's not feeling right. I'd like to be more confident. I'd like my life to look different. I'd like to get into a relationship, but I'm in this same pattern and I can't, I can't get out of it. I've hated my job for the last 10 years and I'd like to fix that. And I've tried all these different things and now I've realized it's me. I think mean, people people's awareness is getting there. And now it's like, well, what what can I actually do? So I think, yeah, people want to understand themselves. I think when we say they want to understand their mental health, it's like people want to understand their own patterns, their own behaviours, their own limiting beliefs. Um, They want to understand maybe how things in the past have impacted um, how they behave and how they live their life right now. And they want to understand how they can make changes uh, and how they can feel different and show up different. And I think that's where we get into in the market, in the industry of, okay, I know I've got mental health now, What can I do? You know, we've seen a massive rise in uh, meditation. So you've got an app, like Headspace Mm -hmm. Calm, really, really available, really easily available and really great as a a sort of first step for people to get into uh, raising their own awareness through mindfulness. And I think over the next five, 10 years, we're just going to see more and more of that coaching, therapy, journaling, yoga, all these different things that you can do to um to work on your mental health and start to understand kind of who you are more really so i think that's the next stage we're, we're gonna we're gonna move into now i think we, we've got to awareness and, and we're gonna move into sort of action and, and change hopefully
0: hmm. i just wanted to touch on the journaling point quickly because it's something i've thought about and sort of considered doing for a while haven't sort of started yet could you talk a little bit about what that what journaling is and how it can help
1: yeah, it's, it's funny you mention it it's, it's actually the first thing I ever really did for for my own mental health and uh, as a way for me to open up so uh, a few years ago pre Sanctus um I was going through I suppose the the year that led me to want to start the business which was when I was really struggling with my mental health uh, for the first time knowingly anyway and feeling very anxious started to have panic attacks I'd just shut down my first business, so I was dealing with the, the failure of that, really, and, and the shame and the embarrassment of, of, of shutting that down.
0: Yeah.
1: And um, I dabbled with a bit of meditation, I think, initially. Never quite got into it. And then one day just picked up a notepad and just started writing and just started writing down how I felt. And that could well have been the first time for me where I really started to articulate how I was feeling um and gave myself permission to to feel that way and at that time i was feeling stressed i was feeling anxious and i really wasn't feeling great about myself and where i was with my life um so yeah i suppose journaling for for me and my experience is, is a way of opening up to yourself basically and giving yourself permission to um to feel the way you are, whether that's happy, sad, or, all that, all that range, because then opening up and sharing how you might be feeling with a friend, family member, partner, counsellor, therapist, coach, that's like almost like a next step. You know, mm. you can't, you're not going to feel comfortable sharing how you're feeling if you don't even, you know, even allowing yourself to feel that way. Um, which, which, which is which we can we can all do a lot of the time. Um, I think it's quite common in men um, to feel like. We're not allowed to feel sad or weak, or we're not even allowed to feel sometimes. So yeah. I mean, journaling, journaling can be a really powerful tool to um, yeah, to give yourself permission, and then then be a real segue into what can be more transformative, which is actually then taking that into a relationship and then sharing it and kind of being vulnerable and connecting with someone in that way.
0: And I guess was it your journaling which eventually led you to first opening up publicly? You wrote a you wrote a blog post, right, which gained a lot of traction when you first shared yeah. your feelings externally.
1: Yeah, that was it, really. Um, basically, my the sort of the sort of like line I went on was journal, you know, start to get start to articulate my thoughts, feelings more. I suppose for myself, I opened up to a few people in my life and just said, like, God, I'm not feeling great. Like I've been having panic attacks, been anxious. Uh, people I felt not necessarily people I was really close to actually initially people that. Um, I just felt like I could um, I think that that's a really important point I think a lot of people feel like oh god I'm gonna have to tell my best mate I'm gonna have to tell my mum and my dad sometimes they're the people that it feels hardest to speak to yeah. so I just ended up sort of speaking to people that I felt like felt able to initially and then yeah eventually um, and look this is unique to me I, I just felt like I wanted to share that story publicly so, so I wrote, and initially I'd come from like this sort of startup world and, and yeah. you know, I'd built a startup and I'd raised investment and I sort of, yeah, knew a lot of other founders of businesses and, and people in that startup ecosystem. So it was quite unique, not no, unique, quite um, related to the startup industry. So yeah, I wrote this blog post and just what I just shared, shared that story publicly. It felt really important for me to do that. Um, I always call it like my coming out post it's kind of like this is me <laughs> like
0: <laughs> yeah
1: uh, this is how I've been feeling and and yeah it was it was a really it was a life-changing event to be honest I mean not not to try and make it sound too too dramatic like a film but it, it was like, it changed my life forever um opening up in that way
0: why do you think when it comes to the startup world in particular that it resonated so much. That's obviously such a sort of new culture in the in the grand scheme of things. This startup culture. What is it about that culture which obviously causes these type of issues and tensions in people?
1: I think every industry's got its own sort of nuances that can make it stressful in some way, right? In really different ways. I've, I've never worked it. I've never I've you know I've never worked for the police force or I've never been an uh, NHS frontline worker right but there'll be there'll be parts of doing that work which will be incredibly stressful mm-hmm. and really impact your mental health and i'm not going to go into them I think we can all guess what they would be and in every job there are parts of the job that Im- influence you and impact your mental health in some way now in the startup industry you've got a mix of high financial anxiety
0: mm-hmm. so
1: stress of' running out of money not making enough money going out of business Um, so there's a lot of loss a lot of risk basically right Um, you've got long working hours Um, you've got a lot of creativity and creating stuff for the first time which by its very nature is exposing and vulnerable and difficult and you've also got a lot of bravado and a lot of macho, a lot of mm. we're smashing it, we're killing it, it's all good. There's a lot of sort of keeping up appearances because the whole industry is built on raising investment, you know, being hot, having that hype. And that, that all sort of creates this melting pot of um, kind of insecurity, really. Mm. And I know certainly in my first business, I felt the need to kind of put on a mask and you know, we're smashing it, we're killing it, it's all good, I'm fine, business is great. When really underneath that, it, I was I was feeling pretty empty, to be honest. And um, there's a lot of problems with my business and there was a lot of problems I was feeling as well and I didn't share those with anyone. Hmm. Um, so it's, it can be, yeah, can be quite brittle and quite fragile. I think is an industry in general,
0: and I guess it's just a case. Yeah, you're just racing towards that next round of funding, and if you, mm-hmm. by all means, by all means possible, and ignoring what you might be feeling internally.
1: Yeah, and and also I think if you if you're inclined to uh, either start a business or get involved in the early stages of a business, you're probably someone. That, that identifies quite strongly with work as a part of who you are and as a part of your identity. So I know for me, I mean, I put all of myself into my work. I didn't have anything else in my life. I didn't have a girlfriend's, went out with my mates on the weekend, but I had no other hobbies, interests, passions. It was all work, all startup, all work. Um. So when that's not going well, it means I'm not going well. Yeah. Um. And then that, I, I think I could probably speak for the industry the startup industry, in that sense, that I think that's probably transcends a, a lot of people who get involved in startups. Like their purpose often can be their work; it's a big part of their life, um, maybe too big. And when it is too big, and it's not going well, that can really mean that you can be quite unbalanced, which I was. So when you when I took work away, I had nothing left, and that mm-hmm. was very scary. Um, And and it really, really, really affected me quite badly.
0: Hi there. I hope you're enjoying the show so far. Please don't forget to hit subscribe to stay up to date with future episodes. Also, I'd like to invite you to join the Journey Further book club. Mental health is actually our theme for the quarter. And we're currently reading a fantastic book, Notes on a Nervous Planet by Matt Haig. We share bite-sized insight from every read and have over a thousand members in the community now. Just head to journeyfurther.com to sign up for free. Now back to James. I guess there is something you must enjoy about starting things though and being a founder. Hmm. Um, And obviously that's led to what you're now doing with with Sanctus. Could you just sort of outline how you got to the point of, of starting Sanctus and then, yeah, I'm keen to dig into some detail about how you guys work and what you do.
1: Yeah, I never really wanted to start another business, to be honest. I was really hurt from my first one. I was really kind of traumatised, to be honest. It really broke me, really hurt me hard, uh, especially shut, shutting it down. And, and the pain of, of going through that was really, was really difficult. I was very reticent to jump into the, to the startup world again. I suppose in the end, I I kind of felt like I didn't have a choice, to be honest with you. You know, I I wrote this blog post I've already mentioned, started sharing my story and just alongside my day job, just started talking about Sanctus, about mental health and and just felt really passionate about it. And in my first business, there was no connection between what that business did and my personal purpose or passions at Mm. all. Yeah, with Sanctus, I felt like there was something I was really passionate about and really connected to on on a really deep level that was kind of manifesting in this sort of business need, right? In this need for something to be created. So it felt much more right and much more organic to actually start something again, rather than before, where to be honest, I was kind of like, I want to start a business, I want to be an entrepreneur, I want to work for myself, I want to make loads of money. I want to have loads of freedom, right? It was it was pretty uh, it was pretty hollow. Mm. Whereas here, I felt really pulled into this to this need that I needed. Like I need the world to view mental health differently for me to be happy. That's that's how I want the world to look. So I felt really pulled into it. Um, yeah, and then obviously I learned loads of practical business stuff by doing everything wrong in my first business. Yeah. So I just I in the end I just felt much more ready and um yeah, kept kept writing, kept doing some public speaking, playing around with stuff in the, in my spare time, kind of came up with the brand and, and and pulled the brand of Sanctus together, built a bit of a community, started running these groups and meeting lots of different coaches and therapists and then eventually, yeah, um was was able to kinda of get, get the business off the ground initially. So kind of really started as a well it started as a movement more than anything to be honest, it's like, like we all believe in this thing, we all want this world to exist uh, I've got this, we've got this vision for the world's first mental health gyms on the high street are, you know, a, a world where we work on our mental health like our physical health that's how it started and the business just supports that um, really, the business has to exist for this uh, course to mm. exist, so um very very organic and, and and really that's how personally i believe great businesses are built you know there's a, there's a real sort of enduring need and, and the business uh, exists to meet that
0: i guess and through sharing those ideas and building that community you're essentially stress testing what you believe with the outside world and as you gain that traction it, it, it affirms itself as a valuable thing to to be doing I wanted to ask you then about you. You mentioned about the mental health gym on the high street, and it's it's a fascinating um, it's a fascinating part of what uh, you're trying to achieve with 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 Sanctus. Um, what is the what is the vision there? The, the the grand vision, and then we can pull it back a little bit and hmm. talk about how the how you're going to get there.
1: Yeah, the grand vision is you know physical spaces on the high street where we can go, and they are sanctuaries they are safe spaces for us to connect to belong to be part of a community and to do the work on our mental health whatever that may be if i walk into a gym i go on the treadmill i can lift some weights I can do some yoga some stretching some ab workouts i could do some spinning all these different things exactly the same from for our mental health groups retreats different different modalities, different types of 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 ways to work on your mental health, coaching, journaling, meditation, flotation tanks, yoga, all these, all these different things, right? So yeah, the the big, big vision is is to have have a space that can cater to that really. Um and, and really in general, like more than that, just be that that safe space, that place where you can you can just be. Like that that is the the beauty I think of what we're building is that sanctus and its essence is a space in its essence is just a space for you to be who you are or discover who you are and and just be and, and not have to not have to fake it not have to front it not have to try and be anything else so yeah that that's the, that's the big vision um and and look i think I suppose the way I see it is the world is kind of going that way. Look at that, I mean, the high street's changing dramatically. Who knows what the high street's going to look like in 10, 15 years. And the world is more, especially now, I think we're all probably quite zoomed out. The the world is more connected on a, on a te- technological level than ever. So to create physical spaces where we can connect as humans, I think is going to be really, really important.
0: And then- there's something as I was thinking about, it. It's something really interesting as well about the, by talking about it, about work that you can do as if it, as if you were going to the gym, makes it into more of a sort of proactive thing that you're looking after your mental health. It's not something you're yeah. suddenly doing because you're feeling depressed or feeling incredibly anxious yeah. or having panic attacks. It's more like, as you might be going to the gym, you might be in very good shape, but you keep going to the gym because you're being proactively staying healthy rather than trying to always just fix something that's gone wrong, right? Absolutely. And and that that again, that's the wrong. That's probably a better you've
1: probably articulated it better than me at the start. That's the wrong we're trying to write. At the moment, our approach to mental health mostly is wait until we feel really bad. And then we need to fix something. Mm. Right? Which is a really um, unhealthy, arguably toxic approach to our mental health. It's really not great because it hurts. It's painful, and that people are always going to get hurt. People are always going to suffer. Yet we we can do it better than it's done right now. And that that's what I did. I bottled every feeling and every emotion I'd ever felt up for the twenty five years, and then boom, you know. And then I had a really bad year, where a re- really 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 bad year, mm. where I really suffered, um, and it took took me a long time to kind of work through that, recover, get to center, and, and then kind of. And continue to grow from there. Um, yeah, and and I think also by by taking a more proactive approach for the for people that are struggling, which will always happen, um, it will make it more easy for people to talk about when they're struggling because mm-hmm. people in general will have a, a greater understanding of mental health. Um, yeah. So I, I yeah, that's that's exactly right. The more proactive we can be, the better.
0: And I guess the way that you're currently trying to change these behaviours with with Sanctus is by working with with businesses, right? Is going through through that route. What do you sort of see as the most um, sort of common challenges when it comes to mental health in 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 the workplace?
1: Yeah. So just to touch on that, I mean, we've we've I suppose right now we we've not got the mental health gyms on the high street, but we've we've created these safe spaces in the workplace, yeah. right? So we place a Sanctus coach in the workplace. And employees can access a forty-five minute session to talk to someone about their mental health. It's completely impartial and confidential. So we've got these little spaces in the workplace, which give people that that space to to start to open up and connect in a different way. Uh, the big the biggest challenge it's the same challenge that is across the board. It's it's the perception, it's the cultural understanding and judgment perhaps of mental health. Now the judgment is heightened in the workplace because. At the end of the day, workplaces, um, yeah, they have to make, you know, got to make money. They've got to, they've got to exist in a certain way uh, and they've got certain parameters, right? you got you got to make more money than you bring in or, or whatever it might be. You've got to fund your business in a certain way. So there's obviously a performance element in the workplace. So I think the biggest challenge in the workplace is, is just breaking down this barrier that um, poor mental health, means that you're weak or you're failing or that mental health in general means that you're weak or you're failing and the perception that the wrong we're trying to write there is actually one if you support your employees when they are struggling you're going to create insane loyalty retention and people and your employees are going to feel so valued and loved that they're going to go the extra mile for you and then secondly actually if you've got a if you've got a group or a team of employees that are feeling um, connected they know themselves well they're quite aware of who they are they're aware of how they want to get better how they want to improve it's going to benefit performance in in a really positive way so i think just trying to change that that's the hardest thing change that perception often held by people in leadership positions Mm. and, and just getting people to think about their own mental health differently so then they can view others mental health differently as well
0: Yeah, it's really interesting because I was chatting to a a colleague whose reflection on joining Journey Further was that he felt like he could bring his sort of real self to work, that he didn't have to bring a kind of professional self and a personal self anymore. He was kind of talking about in previous organisations he'd worked in that he'd be like, oh, no one would ever talk about their family or their friends or what they'd done because it was that work time. Yeah, and you only talk about work things, and I guess that's the first sort of barrier you need to start breaking down. To I guess when you yeah. can have people will start having the conversations independently of, yeah, um, of the yeah. support which they might have on offer.
1: We always, we always talk about bringing your whole self to work, whether you're allowed to or not. You do, <laughs> you know, the person that walks through the door of the office, or enters the virtual room now, Mm. is the same person that's in their home, is in the pub with their mates, is down the pub with their family, whatever. It's the same person. So what has often happened in the last 30, 40, 50 years, is people have shut down big parts of themselves as soon as they've walked through the door Mm. to the office. I'm a family man, I'm a dad, I'm a father. Nah, can't bring that to work. So I'm just gonna, I'm gonna shut that off. I'm a creative, I like poetry, I like art, I like this kind of music, shut that down. And that is that is that that is just depression in a nutshell. Like that's how you feel depressed because you're just repressing parts of yourself. So I think a, a modern workplace and what a lot, the kind of place and community a lot of people wanna belong to is where you can bring all these different parts of themselves can talk about family can talk about friends can talk about their interests or their hobbies can talk about how they feel because that's gonna that's gonna be what makes people feel like they actually want to show up to work and can bring all of themselves. Um, I think that that you know that that is just changing mm. that there's no you know I think I'll be honest I think before I've probably made it not made excuse and I've said look if you want to run your business in that way you can you can run your business just just kind of like nah you don't bring this to work. I don't think that's going to work anymore. I just really don't think that's going to work. People want something different. It's that, that approach to work is going to die. And it is dying, full start. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think people really want to bring more of themselves to work. Um, because for most people, I mean, how much time do we spend at work? I spend more time at work than I do with my parents, my family, my girlfriend. So I want to be able to show up in a real way and connect with people. Or else, it really is depressing.
0: Mm. And thinking about the the coaches, the Sanctus coaches, which which run these workshops um, in the businesses that you work with, I guess I'm interested. What kind of uh, how can people understand the sort of questions that these coaches ask and their approach? And also, maybe what makes a good mental health coach? What type of person makes a good mental health coach? Yeah. So, f-
1: so for us, one of, one of the things that has been really important for us to suppose resolve in the mental health industry has, has been one around quality and safety. It's it's quite a fragmented uh, and confusing market. Uh, it's difficult to understand the difference between a coach, a therapist, a counsellor. What do they actually do? It's quite a black box product, right? Like what on earth is a sanctus session? What's a therapy session? All we've ever seen is um, you know versions of it on uh, Netflix shows or uh, you know episodes of Frasier or whatever, where we've got these images of uh, therapists in like cord trousers and tweed jackets, asking people to lie down on their back and talk about their their relationship with their mother or their father, or this this Freudian approach of like, oh no, you probably fancy your mum or you, you whatever, you're jealous of your dad, or, all of all of this kind of, all of this kind of stuff. Yeah. So it's been been really important for us to. Uh, Again, to change that perception, right? Change the perception of what is a, a practitioner who can work with someone on their mental health. I suppose the, the first thing for us with, with a Sanctus coach is, is around quality and around them hitting a, a benchmark of, of quality. So we have we have guidelines around minimum accreditation, minimum number of coaching hours, um, being in supervision, being in ongoing uh, professional development. So that that's kind of your basic really, to know that every time Every time you get a Sanctus coach, you're getting a certain amount of quality, right? You know what you're getting. And then, secondly, is is, is around the approach. Uh, for us, I think the, the approach that that we've that we like to take is is in line with what I've just been talking about. It's a real holistic approach, right? Understanding that a person is always in connection to a, to a larger environment. You know, when you're at work. Um, yeah, there's, there's ways you show up at work and 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 then what who you are at work is going to be who you are in you know with your um with your girlfriend or your husband or whatever so um that there's over the years there's been a lot of business coaching or performance coaching which just looks at how you are at work but i think for us it's about it's about you always so i think science coaching is very very person-centered on you very holistic and then about your relationship and how you relate to the coach so how I sit down in a room and how I relate to uh, to my coach again is going to be uh, the same as how I relate to other people in my life. So if I struggle to open up and share, or if I get really hot and nervous when I'm about to share something, or if my body language goes up really close, that's probably that's probably how I'm doing it down with my mates or with my family. Right. Um, and and in general, coaches are. I think a Sanctus coach in particular and that there's many different types of coaching first, first off great at, at creating a safe space. So creating a container where you feel able and and feel like you have permission to share and be vulnerable, uh, mirror, create a mirror to you so you can see yourself in a different way. Yeah. Obviously asking really powerful questions. So you, you think in a different way, um, holding you accountable, challenge, challenging you in a way, um, And really helping you to get to a point where um, you can start to see different parts of yourself and accept different parts of yourself so you can move forward in some way, um, whether that's you know you've got an in, inner a critic in your head that's telling you the same old story that like, oh, you can't do this you're not good enough and you've got like that limiting belief or how you think about yourself loads loads of different things um and obviously it's a big question of what makes a good coach is probably why i was talking for so long <laughs> yeah
0: that's really interesting and i guess then what sort of journey do businesses go on who um start adopting this type of approach i guess at first it might be quite when it's a new thing for employees in a business the sort of uptake of it might be sort of steady at first but then i I guess does it does it then quite pick up quite quickly or
1: um to be honest it's the opposite for us we we've we we pretty much always see in our launch in a business like a a sellout it's like a sellout event um we sometimes sometimes joke it's a bit like glastonbury (laughs) um you know people trying to book sancta sessions and uh double booking because they've booked at literally the exact same time or all the sessions been sold out in the, the first, not sold out, but you know what I mean, booked in the first yeah. uh, first few minutes. Um, you know, we launched with um, a business called Octopus, which are a big group. They're about a 1,000 people, 800, 1,000 people in, in Hoban. And their first three months of sessions sold out or booked out in like 14 minutes. Wow. I'm now not surprised by that because I've been doing this for so long. And obviously people maybe don't, have not been given uh, access to something like Sanctus or it made available to them, yeah, can be quite surprised, yet when you offer someone a space that is so rare and so different to what we have right now in the world, I'm not surprised that people are snapping it up because that that's what this is, you know, the Sanctus coaching space is a very rare and a very unique space that is really hard to come by at the moment yeah. for, for a lot of people. Um, so people really, really want it. Uh, some people really need it and can be in a place where they're they're really struggling with something and they 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 really they really need that space. Other people are just really excited by it and really curious to have a space that's so different. So um, yeah, we we always kick off. We'll do like a launch event where bit bit kind of bit like a conversation like this where we'll sort of frame and talk about the Sanctus story. Frame Sanctus coaching and uh, talk about our approach to mental health. And then, yeah, we'll, we'll sort of open up the sessions to employees from there.
0: And as you say, the the it's amazing that companies are adopting this um, type of approach now. And we're definitely moving beyond um, sort of traditional ideas of what a sort of HR approach looks like in a business. Like you obviously see different words for the type of people who do HR in businesses now, whether it's well-being or people or uh, talent. Um, I guess to you, what 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 should a modern HR team or department look like in 2020? Oh, that's a good question.
1: Um, I don't feel... I mean, work with we work with loads of... I mean, our, our partners are all HR people um, or people people, mm-hmm. I, I suppose, as, as becoming more of a common phrase. My, my opinion on it is that HR and people has definitely been a undervalued department in the workplace for the last 20, 30 years and longer. And I think that's why a lot of people are moving away from the human resources title. Because even that title says a lot in itself, you know, humans as resources. So people are moving into people. So I definitely know that it's been a really undervalued department. It's also a department uh, in, in the workplace. It's really hard to quantify, you know, it's really hard to have goals or metrics or numbers. So it's the part of a business that you kind of could describe as like the heart, right? You know, like the, you know it's the, the beating heart of, um, of, the, work, of the workplace. Um, and people and, and people's feelings are, are very difficult to quantify. I think a good, a good business with a good people function will understand that that it's hard to quantify, that you can't always quantify it and that how your employees feel emotionally is as important as the numbers and profit and revenue or whatever your other metrics Mm. are. Um, I think that's kind of where we're moving to where you know, I think your you, you progressive, innovative companies are starting to realise, look, it really matters how our employees feel. <laughs> it really matters. And, and the health of our people really matters because if they're not healthy, they're not going to stick around, they're going to leave, and they're not going to last. They're going to burn out, whatever it might be. Um, yeah, I think a good people function now, is it's got a real blend and, and probably really does the really difficult job of balances the business's needs with people's needs, and that's a really difficult, that's a tightrope to walk mm. every day. Um, and I think there's, there'll, there'll be a real sort of mix of, of different providers, you know, whether it's mental health, physical health, financial health, wider wellbeing, all these different things, training, all this different, uh, all these different stuff that I think people, people, people have to kind of bring in to support the whole realm of of an employee's experience. But I think in, I think in particular a good people function is gonna uh, it's going to be really understood by the business in terms of its value and it's important and it's gonna gonna be able to tread that line of allowing people to bring their whole self to work and really understanding and caring for people genuinely yet um holding the business's needs at the same time
0: it's interesting you mentioned about see trying to quantify this type of work what is your take on this sort of more data driven approaches to gathering employee feedback and sentiment and things like that how can businesses use those responsibly without overly relying on them and missing things elsewhere
1: i think they i mean i, I think they obviously serve a real need don't they you know uh tools like pecan culture amp all that all that sort of stuff um i mean i've, I've never ran an organization of over a, a you know i'm imagining a, running a company of what, a thousand people, 10,000 people, you know, need to use some sort of technology to, to, to understand how people are feeling and what their experience of work is in some way. So I think they're great. Uh, you know, loads of our partners use engagement surveys, employee surveys, and they're, they're just brilliant for uh, um, to get a sense of, of where people are at. Uh, at the same time, there's, there's obviously real value in making that a constant part of your culture where managers are checking in, people are checking in, and, and that's, some, that's, that's the kind of feedback you get regularly. So people really feel heard and listened to uh, by a person, not just by a, by a survey.
0: I guess just, just to sort of head towards the end of the discussion then, I, I, based on your journey, and obviously you've, you've gone on a, a sort of personal and then professional journey with, um, with, with mental health. How have your attitudes to work and life changed because of your experiences personally and with what you've been doing with Sanctus over the past few years? Complete
1: change. That's, that's, that's the only way to, to describe it. Like I, yeah, certainly feel like a, comp- a very different person really. Um, after having, yeah, done a, done a lot of different work on my mental health, um, coaching, therapy, um, trying to sort of bed um, different practices into, into my daily life, uh, it's had a pretty profound impact on, on all, all different parts of my life. Um, Meta ended up working in mental health, but I mm. mean, my job has completely changed. <laughs> you know, if I'd have never opened up about my mental health and talked about it, I don't know if I would have found that the, per- the purposefulness I've got in my, in my work. Um, my relationships have changed. Yeah, my relationship with my mum, my dad, my family... Um, where I live, what I'm into, my hobbies, my interests, it's it's all been impacted by kind of going initially inwards and really starting to explore who I am, who I want to be, all that sort of stuff And and then there's been a real sort of outward motion of, okay, well, this is the change or this is the direction I want my life to move in, so... Yeah, it's it's completely changed my life. Really, I you know I can't I can't dress it up in, in any other way. Um, I don't. I think I'd be lying if I said like it's made me doing all this work on my mental health made made me happier. I think it, in general it definitely has, but uh, I, I don't think good mental health is being happy all the time. Um, I think that's I think that's pretty. Uh, yeah, I don't think that's possible. Um, it's, I think it's, for me, it's more about acceptance, um, as, as a constant journey, um, you know, accepting different parts of yourself, accepting different people in your life, different situations, learning to be more truly resilient and, and adaptable. Um, yeah, it certainly isn't about being happy all the time. And if it is, then I'm not, I'm not winning at that
0: one. <laughs> <laughs> so that's interesting. So you'd say that you should try to detach the happiness or sadness from mental health and to to, to an extent
1: I, d- I don't don't know about detaching them i mean they're emotions feeling happy is an emotion feeling sad is an emotion and they're they're equal right they're obviously one's more difficult than the other feeling happy is great and feeling sad sucks um but to me they they're just part and parcel of being a human and um, just like so is feeling angry or passionate uh, excited, anxious, they're they, you know, often two sides of the same coin. So I think for me, um, getting to a, a good place or a better place with your own mental health can, can lead to feeling more accepting of that and, and, and feeling able to support yourself in those emotions. So if you are feeling um, sad or angry, knowing how to um, support yourself to, to kind of move through that or resolve it in some way. Um, that, that to me is, that's what good, that's what good looks like.
0: Okay. Um, interesting. And I
1: don't think you ever hit, I and mean, you're not going to hit that either. You're never going to be perfectly, I don't believe that, you you know, one will be perfectly accepting and my life will be a breeze and, you know, I'll be like levitating through life. Uh, maybe, maybe who knows, but <laughs> yeah, um, I'm not sure about it.
0: Maybe one day. <laughs> yeah. Um, just to wrap things up, James, then, um, we asked these three questions to uh, every guest. Um, firstly, what did you used to believe that you no longer believe in?
1: I think I used to believe that like, I didn't deserve to talk about how I was feeling. Like it wasn't okay for me to do that. Um, not just from like a judgment standpoint, but like that I wasn't allowed that somehow. And that that wasn't okay. And I think, yeah, I think I used to think that somehow. Yeah, and I certainly don't think that anymore.
0: Interesting. If this wasn't your mission, obviously changing our perception around mental health, what would be, where would you be focusing your life's work? I'd there'd be one of two, right? If I wasn't doing this, I would either
1: be getting people to go walking more in the countryside because I just, I'm just, that's my other, if Sanctus goes, I'm going to just like, I don't know, I'll turn into like a park ranger or something. <laughs> um, so there'd be something like that, getting people outdoors and, and yeah. getting people in touch with um yeah just with nature like i that, that's that been a real sort of passion of mine that's come out of this of just going hiking or, or whatever uh and then the other one would be to do with reading because i just I, I mean i'm obsessed with reading and i just absolutely love it especially fiction not that bothered about non-fiction as much mm-hmm. um so yeah i'd be getting i'd be the only you know the business the only the business i'd work for is goodreads the app yeah yeah I'd, I'd reach out to them and say hey, that app could be a lot better, and I'd just love to. I'd love to get
0: involved. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that that leads on perfectly to the final question. Then it if actually you, does.
1: Yeah, I thought that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> if you could recommend one book for members of the Journey Further oh, Book God. Club community to read, what would it be? I'm, at, I'm honestly, I'm sitting right now and
1: I can see all my f- sort of favourite books in front of me, and you're asking me to recommend one, which is, which is just an absolute killer. I don't know how I'm going to do that um it's gonna it's definitely gonna be fiction because i i I used to read a lot of non-fiction i was very into this kind of like self-development personal growth Mm. just i used to chow down all these books and just gorge on them um as a a real sort of book lover i I think a lot of them are just blog posts turned into turned into books to be honest with you um is there any sort of what am I doing just recommending one that I like? It, it
0: can be a, it could be a, it can be anything, yeah. No fiction is all good.
1: The one that's the one that's jumping out at me is uh, it's called a, a Fine Balance by Ro what's his name? Roe Hinton Mystery. Here it is. There it is. Okay. It's about this like weaving of lives in the um, in, in that sort of nineteen seventies India and it's just absolutely unreal. Okay, the amazing. ending is so shocking that I was like, I honestly, wanted to throw the book out of the window. Last time I read it, I was absolutely fuming. Um, I was just like devastated. It was that. It's honestly that good that I wrote a review on Goodreads, which I've <laughs> never done before. It's like the sort of lamest thing I've ever done. I gave it five stars and wrote a review, which was a, which was a new one for me. Um, I think my review was a jaw-dropping read. because it really? Is
0: wow. All right, I'm going to look up on Goodreads and I'm going to scroll down and find your. Uh... Find your comment. Uh, James, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you. I think the, the, the journey you've been on and what you're what you're trying to achieve now with Sanctus is really really inspiring. So thanks for taking the time. Been a pleasure, thank you. Thank you so much for listening right to the end. Please do click subscribe and leave a review to let me know what you thought of the discussion. If you enjoyed that, you should check out our episode with Bruce Daisley. His insight into the psychology and behaviour of the modern workplace is fascinating. Finally, if you haven't already joined the Journey Further book club, what are you waiting for? Head to journeyfurther.com and follow the book club link to sign up. To get in touch with the show, just drop us an email, podcast at journeyfurther.com, and I'll see you soon.